1: fantasy football podcast we've got uncle tony crazy legs what's going on and we're here to talk a little fantasy football hello it is time for another making the green fantasy football podcast. How y'all doing out there? This is Uncle Tony. We got crazy legs. What's happening, crazy legs? What's going on? All right, man. We are going to get out there and and give you guys some pertinent information so that you're ready to go here for your uh, fantasy football drafts and leagues and showing those other punks in your league how to really win a how to win those contests. So. We're gonna get right after it today. As we talked uh, in our first episode, we're gonna talk with some, we'll talk start with some uh, division uh, breakdowns, and our first one today is the AFC East. And this is one of those divisions I think you gotta be careful because it sounds really good to draft New England Patriots, but sometimes you don't want to. And we'll go through that for you. But we've got some uh, you know uh, pretty good teams here. Uh, There are definitely some folks that you want to look at for drafting in the top of the draft and and targets that you want to make. So we're going to start off uh, these four teams. We're going to start off with the Buffalo Bills, uh, one of the high-flying teams in the NFL. So that that, uh, uh, lineup looks pretty strong. So we'll start quarterback, obviously, Josh Allen. Looking at uh, probably uh, one of the top three quarterbacks taken, depending on how you look, could be number one, could be number three. just depends on what you're looking at. Uh, definitely a, a quarterback to be taken at the top of his position. Um, Devin Singletary, James Cook, Zach Moss, Duke Johnson, probably the names you're familiar with at the running back spot for that team. Uh, then we've got the uh, ever-lovable Stephon Diggs. Gabriel Davis and a name that shows up from time to time for folks, Jameson, New England clan, Crowder, uh, that shows up uh, for folks the, the sneaky sneaky draft picks sometimes as the big three there, wide receiver, and then some some folks that are just trying to uh, break it in there because our our good buddy Cole Beasley no longer with the Buffalo Bills. At tight end, you've got uh, Dawson Knox and a newcomer in the uh, in the room this year, and OJ Howard. Uh, something we might talk about as we as we go through um, some stuff later on of of folks you might want to see on the outside that could that could hit you somewhere. But anyway, lot there are definitely draftable players here in this group, and so we'll start back up at the top with Josh Allen. So crazy legs, what do you what do you think about
0: I A? Uh, I don't think there's much to say. I believe he's been back to back QB one in fantasy, or at least around top three for the past two years consistently. So it's a no-brainer. He's my QB one on the year, and I don't know. I don't know. If there's much more to say about him. So
1: there you go. I, that's true. Not much more you can say. But this is the guy. The offense goes through him, no matter what they want to say or do. They have built it around Josh Allen, one of the few quarterbacks still out there that really is a goal line threat, and uh, definitely if you're uh, definitely if you're in a performance type of league. Uh, Josh Allen definitely has an advantage over other quarterbacks because of that, uh, that running ability. Uh, so in that running back room, uh, Jake, what do you think? W- w- is Devin Singletary a, a RB1? What do you think?
0: He's definitely not an RB1. I have him currently slotted as an RB3 with high RB2 upside. He showed that last year at the end of the year when they finally eventually moved off of Zach Moss and said, this is our guy, Devin Singletary. Now, they didn't back it up in the draft, and they went ahead and drafted James Cook, um, who was a high pros- running back prospect out of the draft. So um, that's a little confusing as far as signals to us, but it's I think it's his job to lose currently. James Cook could see some passing down work, uh, but I have Devin Singletary slotted as an RB3 currently only because we know who's getting the goal line carries, and that's Josh Allen. Um, so I don't see a high TD upside, but... Lots of yards to gain. We saw that last year, how they used him. If they can continue to do that, a decent value there in the eighth round, I believe, is where he's heading.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. This, this, this group is not going to get you any RB1s, RB2s, RB3s. I think RB3, backside RB2s is where you went. Now, in a PPR league, I think Singletary has a little more value. And for, for that matter, I think James Cook has some value. Um, we'll see. Rookies, you just sometimes never know. Rookie wide receivers, we'll talk about that, that they can perform pretty well. Coming out, rookie running backs, it's all about whether you can pass block. Everybody talks about, hey, this guy is the passing down um, uh, running back. Can you pass block or can you not? Something we'll talk about you need to look for in camp, see what's going on there. But uh, I do I do like me some James Cook. Uh, we'll see. But uh, I, I don't see anything here in a running back that you'd want to have. And, and long live Zach Moss. That's an unfortunate thing for three or four years. Some of us out there have been, uh, please, please, please let Zach Moss be the guy. But it just hadn't happened, so I think you can say bye-bye to
0: Zach. Uh, Wide receiver, is there anything we need to talk about outside of Stephon Diggs? Uh, Stephon Diggs, top five wide receiver, a consistent top five wide receiver. That's where he's being drafted. I think that's exactly where he needs to be. Uh, Gabe Davis has solidified, I believe, that wide receiver two role with Cole Beasley now gone, Emmanuel Sanders gone. It's his job to lose. Um, I don't see anybody taking that from him. He really showed out in the the year again. Uh, He put up four TDs against... The Kansas City Chiefs, I very, very (laughs) much remember one of the greatest games ever in the history of the NFL. Ever. Um, So I think he's a good wide receiver three stash. I think he's definitely going to be on someone's starting lineup. Definitely a high flex position maybe starter for people um, because Josh Allen's going to score and he's going to throw it. Um, They know where their strength lies, and so I see Gabe Davis as a true wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside.
1: That's a good point. And, you know, so let me go with Jamison Crowder. Do you look at Jamison Crowder as somebody to look at uh, to draft off of this team? I think if, if you're looking only in a PPR situation is Jamison Crowder a consideration.
0: I would say that is the only time I would consider him, and even then it's tough. I don't see them doing a lot of dink and doink passes in this offense. I think they're a very vertical offense when it comes to their wide receivers. They know what their strength is. They're tall. They're lean. They can get, go up and get the ball. Isaiah McKenzie is getting a lot of hype out of camp right now. I know it's only week one of training camps, but Jameson Crowder is one of those guys where you've just been burned by him before, so it'd be tough for me to go back to the well. Um, I need to see it first year there before I ever go back to him personally. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah,
1: and, and just real quickly on Dawson Knox, because we don't really spend a lot of time on tight ends <laughs> um, and uh, but you know he he's got the package and and, and you you want to do it you want to spend that top pick for him in the tie, as far as tight end ranks go but be cautious I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense and as much as you want to say the goal line might go to to Dawson Knox uh, Stephon Diggs it, it, and and then Josh Allen that's their goal line that's our goal line offense
0: I agree Dawson Knox is again one of those fringe he's not a friend he's tied in one for sure uh but that's not hard to do in this league currently to be a tight end one anybody can be that it's the tight end top four or five that you really it takes a lot of work to bust into the rest of them are all pretty much on the same level Knox I will say and we'll get into this maybe later on but Knox is a part of a high scoring offense and that's what you need to be to be a high fantasy football player and as a tight end position that's what that's gold money so, I think he's going to see his red zone targets. I think he was a high, he was not heavily targeted, but he was a favorite target of Josh Jacobs. I want to say when healthy. So, it doesn't take much again to be a tight end 1 in this league. So, if you've punted on the position and you're looking for a, a late tight end 1, Dr. Knox is the perfect target. Yep. And I'll
1: say this, if if you're one of these people who don't have a lot of dates on Saturday night and you're out there looking at tight end depth and doing analysis on that, first of all, I got some other websites you might want to look at, but <laughs> OJ Howard has an interesting, you know, this guy has supposed to have been it for a long time. Watch out for OJ Howard. Let's see what happens with him in the first first few weeks. Definitely not a draftable, but hey, keep him on your way. Where, again. Like I said, none of us are really out there looking at tight ends again, except for you know, except for Roderick or maybe you know, you know, one of those guys that's out there and doesn't have anything to do, didn't get that date on Saturday night, and, and doesn't know how to work on Tinder. So, uh, you know, that's your that's your deal. But watch out for OJ Howard a little bit. Let's move on. To the Miami Dolphins and let's look at that and this depth chart has really changed uh in in the course of, of of 12 months this is a significant significant change here it's one of the biggest uh free agent uh, uh free agent signings as we are um uh uh dra- our, excuse me um trades that we saw during the during the off season so anyway we'll go back into it really big big old two um to a t and he's in there at quarterback, definitely the, the number one. Uh, and as far as Tyreek Hill is concerned, the best quarterback that's ever, you know, uh, stepped onto a football field. But um, in the running back depth chart, this is where you really got to pay attention. Um, Chase Edmonds, believe it or not, is listed as, as the one with most her two, Tony Michelle, Miles Gaskin. Uh, and then um, I think uh, maybe uh, maybe some of the guys from New Kids on the Block behind him, I'm not sure, but uh, but definitely a big running back room there. But you've got three guys or four guys that really uh, to look at there in that running back position. We'll talk about it in a second. And then wide receiver Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, uh, really are the big names uh, there. But you do have some guys. I, I can't believe that Mohamed Sanu actually is on a depth chart still. And and you know you got you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. But uh, mm-hmm. sometime about week seven or week eight. Muhammad will have six catches for about 102 yards and two touchdowns, and all of a sudden everybody be grabbing him, and then he won't do anything the rest of the year. I'm not bitter. I'm just saying. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, but uh, Cedric Wilson is really the only holdover from that really – well, I say Preston Williams is still there. There's a couple of holdovers from that really crowded wide receiver room. And then what I think is one of the best uh, uh, in the tight end room, uh, Mike Gasecki. Uh, Adam Shaheen, uh, Durham Smythe, but Gusecki may be one of the most underrated tight ends that's out there right now and somebody that you could definitely look under the radar. But, uh, but uh, Jake, what do you think about this uh, Dolphins, uh, Dolphins depth chart? And we'll start with, oh, Tua I uh,
0: I don't believe a word Tyreek Hill is saying because he <laughs> just got paid a ton of money to say all these words, so I'll believe it when I see it on on Tua but I think even if Tua does take a step forward, he's not cracking that top twelve to me unless he puts up a huge amount of rushing yards to go along with it, which he shouldn't need to do with this new offense. Um, so I don't see him on any of my radar unless you are in a super flex league and you're looking for somebody. I I do see him as a solid QB two for sure in that matter, but for most leagues, you're not going to. He's not cracking the top twelve. He probably doesn't need to be drafted very highly at all. Um, and then moving on to the running backs, I think Chase Edmund is the Currently being drafted higher, um, as he is listed as the number one. That's probably list. That's probably because of Mostert's health currently. I know. I think he's coming back from certain injuries, so he's trying to get back in there. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I'll double check. But uh, Edmonds coming from Arizona, a decent runner. I know this. This is a t- tricky situation. I'm gonna treat it just like we do for most <laughs> San Francisco backfields, which where their coach is coming from <laughs> and that it sounds like anybody could be the starter at any point in time and so and that's that's built into their uh, ADP currently I think Edmonds is going off just in front of or behind Singletary so like the 8th round and in most, it's pretty much a free pick at this point that I predict that will move up as we get more news out of training camp but um, take your pick, take your shot on who you think is going to be the starter because if that offense does resemble 75% of San Francisco's offense from past couple years the running back is highly highly valuable um as far as the wide receivers go probably the fastest duo in the nfl um tyree kill and Jalen waddle um i hate to see tyree kill away from the chiefs but uh he is still being drafted as a top 10 wide receiver currently i think he does deserve that it's just a riskier pick not knowing exactly what that's gonna look like in in miami um Two has never had a receiver like that, except for last year with a rookie, Jalen Waddle. And I don't think he had that many games with Waddle being injured um, to it himself. So I'm curious to see how they use Tyreek Hill and if he can sustain that top ten wide receiver ranking. Um, I believe he'll get his; they paid him to be that guy. Um, but I know Jalen Waddle's being drafted only a couple rounds later, wide receiver two currently. I think that's where he sits, especially in PPR leagues. We saw him just eat a bunch of targets and a bunch of receptions last year, so I think he'll do the same. Um, I like them both, but I will take my shot on Waddle.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to say this: if you're if you're out there trying to draft a Miami running back, don't do it. Don't do it. To me, this is the biggest cluster fuck in the whole draft. I, you know, anything in fantasy football, I I think this is a trap. It's a trap. There's a Death Star waiting for you on the backside of this. Don't do it because you're going to hear Chase Edmonds' name mentioned. You're going to hear Raheem Mostert, which Crazy Legs just touted all the San Francisco, blah, 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 blah. I am really not buying into this. If I had to get a running back out of this room right now, I'm going to take Miles Gaskin as I leave the room or pick him up on the free agent wire two or three weeks in. All of these guys, and this is a lot in this Miami um, offense, these guys have never been here before. All of a sudden they're new and new system, new stuff that from a fantasy standpoint, that almost never works out. And so if I'm looking at this lineup, the only guys, the only guys I'm looking to target out of this Miami Dolphins team is Miles Gaskin and, and Jalen Waddle. As much as I like Tyreek Hill, and they could prove me wrong. But Hill and Waddle are going to be running the same routes and running the same things. There's there's no way a running back survives. Uh, to to be a, from a fantasy football standpoint, now that's gonna sur- that's gonna be a top twenty four at the best in here. I'm I would tell you un- unless it's Tyreek Hill and, and you get him really late in a second round, um, and and there's been a run and you can get him or our Jalen Waddle in the same in the third. I, I'm a I'm out I'm out on this lineup all the way. Even with Kiseki, I just don't know how they're gonna fit in. I've got no desire to have a Miami Dolphin on my team this year.
0: Yes, I'm punting on Mike Gusecki. There's too many mouths to feed. He's not George Kittle, so I don't see him pulling that kind of offense over. They've already come out and said that he's going to be involved in more blocking situations, So I'm I'm out on Mike Gusecki. He was already a fringe wide receiver, or tied in one anyways. Um, I will say this, the current ADP I'm looking at uh, for Jillian Waddle is in the middle to late fourth. So no. I have no problem taking him no. there currently. But like you said, Tiger Hill is a mid-second round pick. Could be higher as we get more of this hype out of training camp. So yep. that was a little tougher for me with the risk of not knowing, just not knowing what to expect. I've got so. you. So
1: if you can't tell, Crazy Legs and I got a little bit of disagreement on Miami. I, I'm, I'm just not. I'm I'm out. I'm
0: out. I'm, I'm, a, out. I'm a riskier guy, I guess. So I'll take that Raheem Mostert at the I'm end out. of a draft and just see yep. where it takes me. Yep.
1: Yep. You just want to pass this Thanksgiving dinner and keep moving on. It's gonna look good, but you don't don't go in. Don't do it. Don't even knock on the door. All right, let's move over to our you know him, you love him, you can't live without him, the New England Patriots. Uh, uh, part of me wants to say there's no absolutely there's no reason to go through the depth chart on this because other than Mac Jones, they could list these guys in an order, and it doesn't matter. I will tell you this from a fantasy football perspective, there's no bigger death now. Than to have a New England Patriot in a, in a critical position on your team. If you got him, I hope you're in my league because you're going to lose. There's no reason to have him. There's nothing has changed to have him. Josh McDaniel is, is now out and, um, in, of all places, Las Vegas, good luck. Um, we'll talk about them next time. But, you know, I, I don't, from a fantasy football perspective, this this depth chart makes no sense. The only guy I see on here, and I will go through the motions for you folks out there because I'm sure there's people that that disagree with me. But you know, you, Mac Jones, quarterback. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. He's a lousy fantasy football quarterback. Lousy. Um, and there's and he is the guy. There's no reason to even think Brian Hoyer. Let's forget about it. Uh, you got Damon Harris, Ramondi Stevenson, James White. Uh um JJ Taylor uh in that in that running back room. Uh Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. Stop me if you've heard any first-round draft picks here and as I go through this. You won't, because there's not. Um uh, you know, in the in the wide receiver room, Nelson Aguilar, uh name from the past. Uh, there's there's it's really interesting in that room, but not a lot of depth in there at the tight end position. Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith uh, were there last year. They're there this year. We'll see what happens. But uh, Jake, on this, am I exaggerating too much? Do, am I am I being too hard on Mister Belichick? You know, how can I reach these kids? We, I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, I think the I think the top two draft picks off the New England Patriots are their defense and their kicker. <laughs> um, because they actually end up scoring more fantasy points probably than any of their positional players besides Mac Jones, and that's just due to scoring. Um, it's fantasy football scoring, I should say. So yeah, I'm with you 100%. Mac Jones, not a top 12 quarterback. I don't see him being a top 12 quarterback. There's I don't no, see him top 24. I, I I see top super, 24 just super from flex efficiency.
1: Guys, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rank him though
0: I mean, he I, he, he was a top rookie last year for I, me. He was the top rookie quarterback last year. For
1: yeah, me. but. Trent Dilfer won, a, won a, a Super Bowl, but he was a lousy fantasy quarterback. I, I
0: understand that. I'm not calling him a, a, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. I'm calling him top 24. He's got to beat out, what, 12 guys? I mean, there's not even 36 teams in the league. So, yeah, anyways, um, Damian Harris, I will say I will draft Damian Harris at a, if it's a discount. Like, where he's currently being drafted, I believe, is sixth round. I'm not about that right now. Again, I'm not touching a Patriot running back. By any means, I've been down that road. Not doing it again. Damian Harris is on a one-year deal, I believe, or last in, last year of his deal. But all we're hearing at a training camp currently, and even before training camp, was Ramondre Stevenson's looking great. He's finally up to speed. All this stuff. It's just going to be a clusterfuck again. I'm not. A, I think there's regression with Damian Harris. So at his current value, I'm out. And then I'm not even going to discuss the, the wide receivers for New England because it's just not worth my yeah. time. So it's going to be great. You're gonna you're going to see this news out of camp.
1: Camp News, Devontae Parker really securing the wide receiver one. Devontae Parker, great uh, great chemistry with Mac Jones. Devontae Parker, Bill Belichick speaks highly. It don't matter. the, the highest, His ceiling is 65 catches, 800 yards, and two touchdowns. Leave him alone. Leave him
0: alone. I will say, yeah, and then same with Hunter Henry and Johnnie Smith. So Hunter Henry, I think a big breakout last year that people didn't expect – but it mainly came from his touchdowns. I think I expect a huge regression in touchdowns, and so it's just not sustainable. I feel like for this offense, and at his current price, again, I'm I'm not touching New England offense.
1: There you go. So there you have it. Okay. Well, let's talk about the Jets. 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 Let's talk about the It's an interesting depth chart. Much more interesting than the team we just the we just talked about. So you got Zach Wilson, up and coming. Uh, survived his rookie year with one of the worst teams. Um, uh, rookie sensation, Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Uh, believe it or not, Tevin Coleman is still in the league and on this, uh, on this uh, running back depth chart. Uh, then you got uh, a, a really young wide receiver core uh, overall, um, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Braxton Berrios, Denzel Mims, there are some names here that have popped up from time to time. We'll talk about that in a second. And then tight end CJ, and this is a brand new tight end room. Um, so you've got CJ Azuma, Tyler Conklin, and then uh, Jeremy Ruckert, who is at right now not, not in not in camp or, or isn't able to practice in camp, uh, the rookie that they picked up there at tight end. But Azuma, um, you know, uh, prior to a Cincinnati guy, Tyler Conklin, who was a Minnesota Vikings guy, uh, that that came over in the off season. but um, y- you know uh, the Jets uh, depth chart is is young but fairly interesting, but I don't know if it's yet ready for you to pr- for you to invest from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, Jake, what do you
0: think? I agree. I think the one downfall of this team currently from reaching their full fantasy potential, I would say fantasy potential is Zach Wilson. He needs to take a, a tremendous step forward this year. I think you'd get the, the full ceiling out of these players. Brees Hall, we're always very excited about that top running back rookie. He was it. He showed all the tools. He was the number one dynasty pick, I believe, this year in rookie drafts. Um, I am excited about him. I expect good things out of him, but I don't expect any RB1 um, scenarios just with this offense not being a high scoring offense, unless Zach Wilson truly takes that step forward, and I don't believe he will. Yeah. I, I just haven't seen it out of him. He... They've, they haven't... I believe I believe they've tried to protect him, and they've, they've added a piece in the draft, but I think he's just not that guy yet. He very well could be. Prove me wrong. I know he's young, but Brees Hall is the main piece I'm taking away from this offense. Garrett Wilson, electric college player. I can't wait to see what he can do in the NFL, but he is still a rookie with Zach Wilson tied to him. Yeah. Same with Elijah Moore. He was a solid rookie wide receiver last year, so... He proved that he can do it, but again, that I don't I believe his highest weeks were not with Zach Wilson as a quarterback. And so I'd be very curious how that chemistry is gonna work out again yeah. this year. So I again I see the wide receivers, nobody above a wide receiver three. So depth pieces for sure, because you any wide receiver one on any team can put up fantasy points. So if you want to take that shot on, feel free. Um, I will at a certain price. It's all about value in fantasy football. So but just in general, I'm out on this team besides Brees Hall.
1: That makes sense to me. And I'll, I'll say this that this is a great, this is going to be a great daily fantasy team. And when yes. I say that, we'll talk about this when the season starts. But from a daily fantasy standpoint, if you're playing that kind of game, there are going to be matchups. And, and, and at one point in time, this is a very talented wide receiver room, but not a very experienced wide receiver room. I think in two years, we'll see that Elijah Moore. Uh, Denzel Mims, Garrett Wilson, and even Corey Davis. Corey Davis has possibilities, but um, that, that that there are actually some some draftable uh, all season uh, uh, fantasy players in this in this group. But right now, I just don't see how you can trust anybody. Even with Brees Hall, and Michael Carter, they were talking about Michael Carter the same way they're talking about Brees Hall this year. And I'm just not believing that they invested that much money in two different players that they're going to make one <clears throat> the bell cow. I think we're going to see them be very much a one a one a one b type, and and for fantasy football, just leave it alone. This is this is definitely a mid round late round team.
0: I, I agree. Yeah, you're not about to get a Najee Harris style role out of Breeze Hall. He's not about to be just a bell cow of a back. Carr proved himself enough last year that he. He doesn't need to be that for this team. He won't be that for this team. It's in his skill set, but that's not how fantasy football works. So um, <laughs> so you, you we would love to see it, but that's not how it's going to be. I think this team is definitely set up as a young, maybe Denver Broncos, like huge pieces there. If Zach Wilson can't take that step forward, I don't know if he'll be there very long. And they're, you just looking at this lineup, you think two or three years down the road when they all have their experience underneath their belt. They're just a QB away from maybe actually making a move in this division. With their coach being more of a defensive coach, I think they really know what their skill set is on offense, which is get pieces together, get athleticism, and they'll take care of themselves. There you go. And
1: that, ladies and gentlemen, is the AFC East. Uh, so <laughs> it's very intriguing. I think if if you're going to a if you're going to an auction, there's a couple pieces here to buy, but otherwise, you might want to keep your sign down because you don't want to buy a lot here. Uh, unless they play in Buffalo I think Buffalo you just go grab all you can in Buffalo and leave the rest of this division pretty pretty much alone uh, pretty much alone so uh, let's swing down to the AFC south as the clock goes and and unfortunately sometimes you think that when you when you think from a, um, a a true football value standpoint the AFC South is probably close to the NFC least as far as talent is concerned from being ready to, to win, uh, win games. But they do have some uh, – there is some fantasy value in this in this division, uh, and I would say probably even with or maybe more than the AFC North, but um, uh, pretty close. So we'll start with – and this tells you how the division goes. We're going to start with the Houston Texans and um, uh, their, their depth chart. Quarterback Davis Mills. Uh, definitely, he's given the reins of this this year. Uh, it seems like the Texans are always on a, hey, this is, you know, we're going to judge this year what happens for next year kind of thing. And uh, But <laughs> once again, Davis Mills is your quarterback there. There's no reason to even look anywhere else or see if the second-year guy has it. Uh, the running back room is crazy. Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Damian Pierce, uh, a very interesting rookie. Royce Freeman a guy who has always been second fiddle. There's some very interesting names in that running back room, but I'm not sure you really want to know who wins the position. Um, wide receiver, uh, Brandon Cooks, maybe the most underrated PPR wide receiver in the last three years. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, uh, Second-year guy, Nico Collins, Chris Conley, um, and then some guys that are really a lot of retreads that are coming in there that you just don't want to get into that alphabet soup. Uh, we've got some camp news on there. Rookie John metcha here in a little bit. Um, but then tight end, I, Brevin Jordan, Pharaoh Brandt. Again, I, I, there's nothing there. I, if, don't draft a Houston tight end. I'll just put it that way. So we'll go back up to the top. And before I give this over to uh, Crazy Legs on this one, I, I, I will say this. I think Davis Mills is probably not a – he may be a super flex, walk-out-the-room kind of draft choice as a quarterback, but I, I am on record that I believe that Davis Mills is an NFL quarterback. It may not be this year that he's fantasy relevant, but give him a couple of years, and I think this kid is going to be really, really good. And if you don't get on the train right now, I think you're going to miss out. If you're a dynasty guy out there, if you have a chance to get Davis Mills, you won't in my league because I got him, but look at this kid. But now, for a, a, as far as what you're looking at this year, it's going to be a really tough year probably for Davis Mills
0: yeah and we, sh- we should we pre- should we should have prefaced this earlier worse s- when we talk about these guys we're strictly talking about in a redraft league yeah um i 100 agree about davis mills and dynasty leagues go get him now as a throw-in piece to any trade you can because um, i i do agree i think he is well worth he i see him as a Kirk cousins guy of the future i don't know if he's ever going to be a top five top 10 quarterback in this league but he's 100 percent a startable guy and a good depth piece for any dynasty team um I will say you don't really know that unless you actually have a piece of this offense. I've been, yeah. I had, I was fortunate enough to have Brandon Cooks last year. I got him in a trade before things the playoffs started, and he took me all the way to the championship because he and Davis Mills have something going on here in Houston. They're the only two pieces you want out of this. I'm not touching the running back room. It's just a huge cluster of guys just collected across the years, and you just don't know who it's going to be. Damian Pierce is the rookie. Um, he would be my bet just because I think he's got the cleanest the cleanest resume um but Rex Burkhead also has been there and done that with them so but again I think Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks are the only two pieces you want out of this and as far as the redraft goes it's just Brandon Cooks um Nico Collins you just haven't seen it yet uh Chris Conley coming coming from the Chiefs maybe last year I believe um and so you just they're nobody they're nobody you expect fantasy value from um it's a shame We'll, we'll touch on Mechie later but he's not in the not in the discussion right now, or for this year. So Brandon Cooks is the only piece I want out of this offense. Yeah,
1: I agree completely, and I, I think Brandon Cooks is a sneaky uh, wide receiver too. He
0: is every year, every yep. every year. You, you said three years. I think he's been undervalued majority of his career, which people don't know. He's been around, and he's still not that old. Yeah. So I I I'm I'm I am i am i will be honest. I try to be as as unbiased as possible when it comes to well when it will come to this podcast, and when it comes to me. Fantasy football, fantasy football is fun. It is a business in my mind, though. And Brandon Cooks, unfortunately, has led me to multiple championships across my fantasy career. And so I'm a huge Cooks fan. I'm, I'm in on him every year. So in
1: case you missed that, ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Cooks is a guy that can make the green for you. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move over then uh, to the Indianapolis Colts. And, uh, again, there is some definite talent on this depth chart, uh, and I think there is an opportunity here for some folks to, to uh, especially at the running back and wide receiver tops, this this is interesting. So, quarterback, uh, we talked about him last time. Matt Ryan has moved over to the Colts. Uh, the Wentz experiment didn't last very long. Um, so you got Matt Ryan there, um, and believe it or not, Nick Foles is actually still on a roster, but it doesn't matter. Matt Ryan is your guy here. Uh, and then Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Phillip Lindsay. Uh, talk about something there in a second with those guys. You got Tyson Williams, uh, but really Jonathan Taylor is the story there in the running back room. One of the one of the rare uh, three down backs that you've got the opportunity to draft and I and, uh, think you'll see in in many, if not all, redraft uh redraft uh, scenarios. He is the number one draft pick. But you've got in the wide receiver room uh, Michael Pittman, uh, Paris Campbell, um, and then it gets really dicey after that of uh, who's going to be their third uh, wide receiver three. But with someone like Jonathan Taylor, you really don't care who the wide receiver three is, but it's Pittman and Campbell. Uh, and then tight end is uh, Sasquatch Moelle Cox, uh, and then um uh Kylan Granson is a, is a new kid in town for that. But uh, that's basically it. I think this depth chart rolls around Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. What do you think, Jake?
0: 100% agree. Those are the two names you need to know from this offense. Um, uh, Matt Ryan, I think, is a solid, solid QB for Superflex Leagues. Um, I think he's an upgrade from Carson Wentz, which is why I have Michael Pittman as that wide receiver two. I expect him to probably even end up in the wide receiver one conversation come into the year. Um, I believe – his chemistry with Wentz, and especially in the red zone, is what held him back last year. I expect hopefully his t- his touchdown numbers to go up this year. Um, but yeah, this this offense resolve revolves around my, uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. He's the clear one hundred and one in most leagues I'm in. Um, if he's not the one hundred and one, whoever's at the second pick, hopefully it's me. Is getting a great deal um, because he is the true three down back that's really left in the NFL besides maybe only a handful of them, and there's not many. Um, so I'm I'm a big believer in Jonathan Taylor. I think he's the one on one pick overall. And besides him and Pittman, I don't want anything else to do with these guys.
1: So I'll say this: uh, I find value at Naheem Hines, and here's why. Um, and and I said Naheem Hines and Philip Lindsay. There are going to be some folks out there that say, "Oh, Philip Lindsay. He's done some. He's not a pass catching back." And so he's there in case John. If you had to handcuff anyone to Jonathan Taylor, and you you're drafting twenty rounds, go get Philip Lindsay. He's a, he's he's the uh, handcuff. Uh, but Naeem Hines is a third down back. He's going to be the third down back. So if you're in a PPR and you're looking for something in the late rounds, I think Nahim Hines is a poor man's James White, uh, you know, uh, or what James White used to be. And uh, I, I think there's value for Naheem Hines to look at in a PPR. But don't if you're going in looking at hey who's gonna who's going to be the third down back Lindsey or Hines? That's not a contest. I, I think it's definitely not Hynes. So, I, but other than that, I'm with you. I've, I've always found Paris Campbell to be interesting, and Paris Campbell, I think, has the opportunity to just, to squeeze in as a wide receiver three with Matt, Matt Ryan there. However, I wouldn't go any further than that because, like you said, Jake, the Jonathan Taylor is it has the opportunity to be the next guy that's a 100. Uh, one, um, well. I don't know that anybody ever be another hundred reception back and uh, and 300, uh, 300, uh carries, but Taylor's got it is the one that has the opportunity to do it. A lot, a lot of targets, a lot of the offense is going through him. So I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. And and watch out for Mo, Alley, Mo Cox. Don't don't. I, I wish I was six foot seven, but just because you're six foot seven does not necessarily mean you can catch a football. So just be careful with him out there. Just be careful. All right, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, if we were if we were talking about head coach changes, this would be the most fun. But we're not. So um, although it does it does have an impact. Doug Peterson is now the head coach here. Um, not that other dude that used to be from Ohio State and Florida and stuff. Anyway, we – he who shall not be we won't named. won't Say names. Uh, but I think Trevor Lawrence is your quarterback there. Uh, Travis Etienne and James Robinson top that, uh, uh, top that running back room. Uh, there's a couple of guys there, uh, Armstead and Snoop Connor. I just like to say Snoop Connor, so I had to mention him. Uh, but wide receiver, uh, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, LaVisca Chennault, Laquan Treadwell. This is a, this is a one, uh, wide receiver room that has some talent. Um, and much like the Jets room that we talked about earlier, uh, this is a little bit more season though as you go down the line with it and there's some value there that we we'll, we'll talk about and then tight end is Evan Ingram uh, and Dan Arnold and and everybody loved Dan Arnold for about five weeks last year when he was playing for the for the Panthers and then got traded and, and so you know uh, I don't know if you really want to draft a tight end from Jackson Jaguars But it's definitely, but but that that just became really complicated uh, with Evan Ingram coming in because he's always been someone who has never never lived up to his expectations. But what do you think about this Jaguar depth chart?
0: It's really intriguing. I think with the new head coach, you kind of breathe new life into a team. Um, I think. They're going to be very excited to have a new regime going under, and especially Trevor Lawrence. He just—you could just tell it's just things did not click with him and their coaching style last year. Um, I think that brought. I think what he brought to the table was just a lot of expectations, being that next great Andrew Luck pre- prospect, and it just didn't pan out last year in his first year in the NFL, which is not unheard of. Um, I do expect him to take a step forward this year with the new coaching staff, and I think because of what happened last year, they'll treat him. Maybe even a little special as far as like we just need to pro- progress this guy. We're not too mm-hmm. worried. We know we're not a Super Bowl winning team. We need to just make sure he takes that step forward. Um, Travis Etienne is the hot commodity on this team, 100%. Um, we have yet to see it in the NFL because we didn't get a chance last year. He's coming off that ACL, I believe, um, injury that he got in um, training camp last year. Um, so I'm very excited to watch him in preseason, um, get to see that speed that he showed off in college the receiving game that we know him to be or known to have. Um, James Robinson is coming off an injury, but I do expect him to eat into Travis Etienne a little bit. He's been the guy the last couple of years. I don't think that goes away just on a whim. Um, and so I think he will eat in Travis Etienne a little bit this year, which is why I don't have Travis Etienne making that RB1 status this year. But it's definitely in his um, repertoire, I think, he because he keys the pass catching back. Especially in PPR leagues, he's going to be a hot commodity. I think he's right now a low RB2 in um, his ADP, which I will absolutely take because I think his ceiling is RB1. Um, Christian Kirk is the guy money-wise. Follow that money. He's making the green. Follow the money. So I think Christian Kirk's the guy. They got him in there to not only just replace DJ Chark with that vertical speed, but he is going to be the wide receiver one. Uh, Marvin Jones at the end of his career it's been a hell of a career but he's just not there anymore as far as the speed uh, a decent uh, red zone threat I think he's got great hands still and you saw that with him and Trevor Lawrence a little bit last year um, but not, not anybody can count on. Zay Jones again great vertical speed, a big target um, but I think Christian Kirk is the guy and they want him to be the guy so uh, he's currently being I believe uh, his 8 current ADP is a wide receiver 4 at the moment which I'll take a shot on that those are the guys you need for bye weeks. I'll take a wide receiver one on any team to be my fill in a bye week. So um, I like his value currently. And then tight end, I just don't trust Evan Ingram at all to catch the ball, and so I probably just I probably will be staying away from Evan Ingram this yeah,
1: year. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's more than any other team. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are one that you want to watch some preseason games on. It, 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 if Trevor Lawrence steps up, I I, I think he's got the same uh, profile as a Josh Allen, it, it, with maybe a better arm. But he's got that type of talent. There's just no doubt about it. Um, I would watch these guys in the preseason to see what happens and see see in those first second quarters when these guys are in it. If they're really uh, if they if there's something going on if things have changed. So I'm with you there. I'm with you there. All right. Well, let's roll to the last of the of the teams in the AFC South. And that is the um, the, the uh, perennial <laughs> playoff playoff bound, but never the best Tennessee Titans. And so Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I I don't have any Brent Musburger jokes here ready to go. So we got Ryan Tannehill, then Derrick Henry, and a very interesting rookie in Hassan Haskins. Uh, then you've got Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, who we we have a special place for him in the Razorback back. Uh, Rangeback nation, uh, and then um, not a lot of depth there after Woods and Burks. And really, uh, it's interesting that Robert Woods is the wide receiver one in that, and then um, uh, a transfer over Austin Hooper uh, is your tight end one. Uh, Jeff Swain behind that, who does have did have a little bit of the success uh, for the Cowboys uh, when they lost their their tight ends uh, over the last few years, but. Um, I you know the Titans every single year it seems to me you get roped in that you really want to buy into this team, but it's it's all Derrick Henry.
0: I agree. Yeah, it's hundred percent Derrick Henry. He's coming off the injury, but he incredible. He came back last year, didn't he? Uh, or he was for the playoff game. He was yeah. So he should be a hundred percent to go. I believe this year um, he's a top five. player running back still I treat him like Tom Brady where until I until he finally drops off I will never uh, not believe in him um and so he's I see him as a top five running back easily a top top half first round pick um and I don't think you should have any doubt because he came back already last year so if he hadn't come back last year and we still had issues of not knowing what he looked like or anything like that I think that cleared up that he's fully back um and ready to roll so, Derrick Henry 100% the main guy on this roster. Ryan Tannehill it's just he's a great NFL quarterback but not fantasy quarterback. I don't I think he's only been top 12 overall like throughout a whole season once in his career I want to say. Um, don't quote me on that, but he's just not that kind of guy because they don't they don't throw enough for him to be that guy. He's not he's, yeah. they don't want him to be that guy. Yeah. Um, what works for them is to run Derrick Henry and play good defense and Ryan Tannehill to be efficient. That's what he does. The biggest trade though in, the, in what I think of the, of the draft is they sent away AJ Brown. They drafted Traylon Burks to be that replacement. We think he can be here because we've seen it on the field. Uh, he had a slow start to camp though. We always we kept hearing was he's having asthma issues. He's not getting on the field to, uh, enough that he needs to be, but his first week of training camp. All I've been seeing is highlight reels of him out of the camp. He's the buzz of camp right now. I'm very excited for Traylon Burks, but Robert Woods is my favorite pick of this team right now. He's valued below Burks. I believe he's being valued outside of outside the top 36 wide receivers. We know he's capable of doing it. He's just older and more experienced. I think that's to his benefit with Burks being opposite of him, and I think he will be a good pick for this team.
1: Man, I couldn't agree more on Robert Woods. So here's, and I couldn't disagree more on Derrick Henry. I'm off Derrick Henry this year. And you heard it here first, folks. I think this is where we see the Derrick Henry decline. I'm just he's never been out for that long with an injury. I just think this is the time. They didn't improve their offensive line. They didn't make the investment in that. I think this is where the Tennessee Titans have that oh, well, we're it's, it's a 7 and 10 season just didn't make it and I don't I don't see Derrick Henry being the guy that he was. Now, That doesn't mean I'm not saying he's not a top ten running back. I'm just saying he's not top five. I would not invest a first round draft pick on Derrick Henry this year personally. We'll we'll talk more more about rankings later. But I'm just not seeing it. But I do say this. I think that this team is gonna have to play from behind a lot. And with that with that aspect, I think Robert Woods is gonna be one of the best draft values. Should the health be there. I think he's going to be one of the best draft values. And so this is going to be something to look for for Robert Woods. We talk about rankings. It's going to be if Robert Woods is healthy, but you need to follow Robert Woods. And if you can get him, get him. I think it's a, I think he's a, he's, he's the pick that you, that you want to have there, um, from, from this lineup for me personally. So, uh, even though I, I will say that Austin Hooper, I, I don't like to spend a lot of time talking about tight ends. But if you get out there and you can't get one of those top three or four tight ends, there's nothing wrong with Austin Hooper coming in in the in the back half of your back half of your draft and and have him be your tight end one with some streamers behind him. Uh, I think he could be uh, something that Tannehill looks for. Uh, so anyway, so there is the AFC South. I think everybody agreed. Listen to these uh, descriptions, man. If you're going to buy anybody, buy some Colts and uh, buy some Colts. And um, and if you're in Dynasty, you better go get Davis Mills. Um, but other than that, I think that's it for uh, AFC East, AFC, AFC South. And uh, I think that's a good description, uh, Jake. Uh, good job there. Good yeah. job. Uh, so, um, well, let's roll on. And uh, I think we're going to be doing just a couple of quick things here. Um, so we am going to talk about a little bit of camp news, just a little bit. And really, this first week, I'll just say this. Uh, from what we've seen out of camps uh, this first week, it's been pretty mild. We haven't seen a bunch. Of, we haven't seen the big ACL injuries that we've seen in the last couple of years. People get to camp and boom, they're gone. Uh, first week, so it's been a, a relatively easy first week. There's been some dinks and dorks. Jake, what do you what do you got?
0: No, I agree. Yeah, you're you're just waiting for the the shoe to drop when it when it comes to training camp. We got it heavily last year within the very first week with multiple injuries, I believe. And then this week, we uh, this this year, we haven't had any major injuries that I can uh, tell for the most part. Uh, the ones I want to hit on currently, and they, they don't have to be injury-related, but they could be anything fantasy-related. Um, one being Van, Van Jefferson, I believe, is seeing a knee specialist. Um, he was going to battle, I believe, Allen Robinson for that wide receiver two position, but probably solidified himself as that wide receiver three, which a wide receiver three in that Rams offense can still be val- valuable fantasy-wise. Him having to miss any time, if if he does miss time, really opens the door for an OBJ comeback or any of the other guys to take some reps away from him. You just hate to see that for him. Yeah. Um, Other than that, there's not too many other injuries I would want to hit on. There's Nick. There's ticky tacky things here and there that you would expect throughout training camp, and I think the the fact that we're hearing about them tells you that there's not much going on. Yeah. That people are just needing to mention what they need, what they can to hit those word counts, but. Apart from injuries, some other major news we touched on a little earlier. Uh, John Mechie the uh, third with Houston, um, very unfortunate. He has now a case of leukemia. He's already stated that he is out this season, as he will be battling that for the rest of the year. We hope he makes a full recovery. We get to see that that Absolutely. talent on the field. Um, some other big news from this week: uh, DK Metcalf, I believe, finally got his deal done with making the green. He, he is making a lot of green, a lot of guaranteed <laughs> green. I believe his deal was somewhere in the range of three-year extension for $72 million with thirty million guaranteed. Um, again, I am not perfect, so if those numbers are off by any means, feel free to let me know. <laughs> they don't. Um, they're big yeah, numbers. He's big making, numbers. He's making a lot of money, and the Christian Kirk butterfly effect continues. <laughs> um, and so, but they're paying him a lot of money to catch the ball from Drew Locke, so I would pay him a lot of money, too. Um but in other news... What, no Geno Love? No Geno yeah. Love. It's true. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the guy that just slings it for no reason than the guy that tries to calculate every throw and then gets sacked. Um, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Jimmy G might be on his way. And speaking of Jimmy G and the 49ers, we just found out right before this podcast that Debo Samuel, his team must have just been waiting on the DK Metcalf news to barter with San Francisco because he's getting a very similar deal of three-year extension worth se- up to $73 million. Very similar. But his guaranteed money is in the $58 million range. So he is getting guaranteed a big chunk of green. So um, he is getting paid a lot of money to run the football like wide receivers <laughs> do not do. So all both of them have their own skill set, and they're both getting paid for that skill set. So yeah. other than that, I don't think there's much more to talk about as far as training camp.
1: All right. Well, thanks, Jake. Yeah, I I, I agree with that it's it's fun. You know, I you know th- th- this for me. I'll, I'll say this just real quick. This quote that I saw from Peter King, and and King, he's been around for a long time. And but talking about Wandale, this is why you shouldn't listen to camp news very much, except for injuries. Wandale Robinson is the star of the New York Giants camp. I don't give a shit. I mean, Wandale Robinson. Really? I mean, he's a great rookie, and he's going to wind up all over the field. But don't tell me that he, Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay are not going to have more touches than Wandale Robinson. I appreciate it, Pete. But come on, man. That's not going to happen. And so those are the kind of camp news you got to be really careful of. So if you're out there looking at Wandale Robinson in your list of, hey, that's who I'm going to take. I'm going to get him in the middle round. Don't do it. Don't do it. So anyway, that's all I got I, to say about camp
0: news. I understand agree. I, <laughs> camp news. I I take I take all the good news with a grain of salt uh, because it's just you just don't know if it's true or if it's just coaches talking up their players. It's the negative news that I think is even more true, and so that's the news that I trust more. Um, if I hear guys doing great in camp, well, I'll wait to see that. Um, especially when it's the New York Giants. So, yep. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Well,
1: last couple of things we've got here real quick. So we want to make sure we get this in and, 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 get this out. Uh, so you guys have some good information and it doesn't take you longer than your, than your morning commute to, to listen to it. Cause I know, uh, uh, Dr. Liff out there, he falls asleep after about 20, 25 minutes. He can't, if it's, if we don't get him before, uh, uh, senior citizens hour there at the, um, at the local steakhouse, we're going to lose him. So with that, let's talk about, uh, uh I want to talk about camp battles. And this is something kind of fun. I mean, you look at camp battles, and if anybody's out there has ever played sports, you've been in—you uh, know—you've been in a, a football camp in high school, or uh, you've been in a camp in college, and you know, even whether it's football, baseball, hell, even soccer, I guess, you've always got those battles. And so, this makes it kind of fun. So, I'm just going to list real quickly some of the things that I see that are interesting battles that may have an impact on how you draft. Uh, Fantasy wise, going forward, and I'm just going to roll through them here, and then Jake, you tell me when we get done if you agree, disagree, and I think you may disagree a little bit, and if you've got a couple, let me know. But um, and out in Arizona, you know, um, James Connor's is going to be the number one, but he it just every other year you just can't trust him. So I think that whoever gets that backup job, so you emo emo Benjamin, uh, Keontae Ingram. Uh, and I think it's is it, uh, one of the Williams guys that's out there now. Daryl. Daryl. Uh, interesting to see how that shakes out. So it would be interesting to see that camp, who gets cut out of that group. It probably is going to be Daryl, but we'll see what happens. It could be emo, but we'll see. That's going to be interesting because you're going to need a handcuff. Um, I, I like it. Atlanta, uh, that rookie Drake London. If this guy shows up, real value there. Uh, to see what happens because uh, there ain't nobody else to catch. Even it don't matter who's done, th- they're going to have to throw it 20 times a game. He'll catch 10 of them. Uh, interesting to see what happens there, unless for some reason uh, Calvin really decides to come back and take a punishment. But, but anyway, that's a whole other story. Out uh, in Chicago, as much as it hates to say, it, it doesn't matter. You've got uh, Darnell Mooney should win that job, but Darnell Mooney, Mooney's never won a job before. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that camp battle for that wide receiver one out of Chicago. Could have some value for you in the late the middle round. And, uh, and out in Denver, who's going to be the number one, Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy? That's going to be fun to watch. That's going to be fun. They may come out and say, hey, this is one or one A. They're both on outside. They're both going to get uh-uh. – one of those Alabama wide receivers wants to be number one. You can guarantee it. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they handle camp. Uh, Amari Rogers there in Green Bay, um, you know, the Watson kid uh, still isn't practicing in camp. Uh, I think you can say Lazard is your definitely wide receiver one, but never discount the wide receiver two out of Green Bay. And I, I just can't make myself think Reggie Cobb is going to have some 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 uh, gas in the tank. Watch out for Amari Rodgers uh, or the Lizard King, Sammy Watkins, see if they can get finally, 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 Sammy, Sammy Watkins becomes uh, fantasy uh, relevant. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, we already talked about the Houston running back. That, that could be interesting. We hope that rookie gets out of there. We've talked about Christian Kirk. Is he really a guy? If Marvin Jones comes in and says, "Hey, this Kirk guy, he really doesn't work hard. He's not going to be able to do it." Maybe that's it. Can't see a wide receiver. I, who's he going to be? That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, the Miami running back. Who's he going to be? I don't really give a shit, but it's still going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, can Brees Hall? Is he really the guy? I don't know. Michael Carter got drafted first number one in the first round last year for a, or in the, their first draft pick for a reason. Let's see what happens. Uh, in Seattle, it's finally Rashad's penny job to lose. I bet you he loses it. But, again, we may not care, but it, it's really going to be interesting to see that. And, and and finally, uh, you know, earlier we announced you know, Julio Jones signed with Tampa Bay, but I still like me some Russell Gage. And let's see what happens in camp if Russell gives a crown for that. Because that, the wide receiver three – in a in a, in a uh, Tom Brady offense, has value. So you got to be careful there. So I really like those camp battles. see what happens. Jake, you got anything?
0: Yeah, um, just going through the list again with you and basing off your comments. Uh, I'm not a big handcuff guy. I have been in the past. I'm no longer. I would rather take the upside of somebody else than handcuff anybody because they're just a, a waste of a roster spot on your bench because whoever you're handcuffing is probably being handcuffed for a reason, and that's because they take all the fantasy points for that team. So I'm off the handcuffing train. Therefore, who gives a shit about the Arizona backup running back? James Connors it. Um, Atlanta, uh, Drake London, he and Kyle Pitts, they unfortunately are having the ball thrown to them by Marcus Mariota at the moment. Um, that being said... 50 targets from Marcus Mariota. Maybe you catch 10 of them. So, <laughs> um, so he, I do think he'll have some fantasy, some fantasy value, just not as much until they get that true quarterback in there. Um, sure. Chicago, I think it's a no brainer. It's Darnell Mooney. He's the guy. He actually had the, the better, I think chemistry with jet, uh, with fields last year than, uh, Allen Robinson. And so I expect Mooney to continue to be that wide receiver three in fantasy, which is where he's being drafted. He's being drafted as a mid wide receiver three. Um, you hit the nail on the head. I cannot wait to see how Sutton and Judy end up in Denver. My money is on Sutton. He's the prototypical wide receiver one, big body, big guy. Judy's the route runner, but Sutton is, I think, what you want to see out there as your wide receiver one. That's where my money's going, but a true 1A, 1B, I think. In uh, Green Bay, it's tough. I think if history tells anything, Sam Watkins will be the number one wide receiver there for the first week of the season. And then it's Amari Rogers' job the rest of the way. Um and then Houston running back room, I would love to see the rookie win the job just with sheer athleticism and youth. Um, but again, in that I don't expect that to be a high screen offense. But the the number one running back in an offense, if he is a true number one running back, is worth something. So take your shot on who you want. Mine's on the rookie, um, Jacksonville. It's it's Christian Kirk all the way. Follow the money. <laughs> um, and then Kansas wide receiver room. Holy hell, no one knows. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster's out there to prove himself on a one-year deal. They paid MVS for three years. My The money says MVS is going to operate as a wide receiver one, but we all know how Andy Reid works. He's going to he's gonna make plays and call plays that work for anybody underneath his regime. And Patrick Mahomes is going to hit the open man. And at the same time, Travis Kelsey is the answer. It's Travis Kelsey. Um, Miami running back, I'm taking my shot at most at the very end of drafts. Um, but, again, San Francisco's uh, running back um, San Francisco, the starting running back for San Francisco has always been a highly valuable uh, spot and so I highly anticipate whoever does win that job if they stick with them will be fantasy value um, and the Jets Brees Hall's job to lose Michael Carter was a third round pick I believe for them the money points to Brees Hall it's Brees Hall's job to lose Seattle, I disagree. It's Rashad Penny's job to lose. <laughs> Rashad Penny was a workhorse I in college. We haven't yet to see it Whatever. because because of his injuries, and so I think Rashad Penny continues his domination from last year. They can not rebuild them. They, have they don't the have a quarterback. They have to. They have to run. <laughs> they, they will have to establish a run. They will not lean on Drew Locke or Geno Smith, whoever that is. And then Tampa Bay. Russell Gage's worst nightmare. He got away from Julio Jones out of Atlanta. He's like, this is my time to prove myself. And boom, Julio Jones lands in Hammond Bay. So they I hope they're friends because otherwise this is going to be awkward as hell. Otherwise, um, yeah. I expect yeah. once Godwin comes back, these guys are just going to battle for that wide receiver three spot, um, which is still valuable on a Tom Brady offense. But I see Julio Jones as nothing more than a red zone target. And Russell Gage is a field stretcher. I probably won't get any of them. They're more of free agents or death pieces, but um, my money is on Gage. So There you go. Well, all
1: right. Fun times ahead. Fun times ahead. Uh, As we go forward, I think you'll hear Crazy Legs and I uh, disagree a little bit more. Um, and, And so that's coming. I'll defer to him right now. I think it's okay. But uh, I think that's going to wrap us up for today. We'll talk about uh, draft strategies for, for different types of drafts next week. Um, you know, hey, if you have the opportunity, you're out there, go do a little mock drafting. We'll talk about that later. Hey, there ain't nothing more wrong with a little best ball uh, action if you can get it, and we'll explain those next week as we go forward. But, uh, but with that, Crazy Legs, you got anything else? I got
0: nothing else. Hopefully we're helping you all cash out. All right. Go
1: out there and make that green. Remember, if you can't be good, Be good at it. Peace out. Peace. That worked pretty well.